Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. All right, it's the final show here of the of, year. Of the year. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was I not told? Did I not get the memo? Of the 2019. Year. <laughs> now you have more work to do, Jim. This okay. is. Dan and I are just. This is it's it the final for live us. show. We're gonna yeah. final yeah. live show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna continue to clarify this statement. <laughs> like, Get it down to like, the whoa. to the truth here, yeah, real okay. soon. <laughs> right on. Get there quick. Yeah, yeah. we're. Uh, yeah, this week kicks off the holiday festivities. It really does. Yeah, this is that we just finished the last full work week of the year. That's right. And um, yeah, it is it weird to me. I was kind of driving in. I'm like, man, this year's kind of felt like it's just flown by but it's also kind of felt like a really long year at the same time is that oh. possible um sure <laughs> yeah so that's kind of i mean that's what i was thinking as i was driving in you know i think my age just makes time fly by really fast now and then uh but i i think our first half of the year was just so different from the last half that yeah. it makes that first half seem like it was a decade ago yeah. or something yeah. i don't know it's been. I, kind of I can weird appreciate year. that. I, I think it's funny, you know, because like when you're a kid and everything, you got the birthday, you got the Christmas. It's like, come on, it can come never on, come fast come enough. On. And yeah. now it's like, didn't we just do that yesterday? Christmas. Yeah, I, I, like, I think that's what happens yeah. in the fall. Yeah, I think that's what happens in yeah. the fall because you, um, you know, like when you make a road trip. Remember, like when you're getting in the car to drive somewhere as a kid that you're really excited to go. The trip there, because the anticipation of arriving is so great, the trip there is just painfully long. It couldn't possibly be slower or take you longer to reach this <laughs> this destination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the trip back is like that really flew by, well, yeah. Um, and I kind of think that's what happens in the falls. Like you get you you've worked so hard, and it's the whole year, and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, boom! Here's a half a dozen holidays in your lap, real quick, with a bunch of abbreviated work weeks and short days with no sun, and uh, you know, you're gonna figure out how all that pieces together here as we wrap this puppy up and get ready to start writing a new date. Yeah. All right, that's you know, <laughs> and then I don't know. Last year, I remember seeing a whole bunch of things on the internet that everybody said that like Jan- last January was the longest January in history. Hmm. Like a million days long, you know, just that's what oh. it felt like. Maybe because we had a lot of rain. We had a lot of rain, a lot of times in time, you know, that you couldn't get out too much. Maybe it just felt long. Yeah, we had a lot of rain last year. a ton of rain in January and February. In a Tascadero, that's the true. rain gauge is like if the gophers start trying to sleep on your doormat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah. And it's a prime opportunity yeah. 
to like want to go out and catch them. But usually like you get out there and they're just so defeated. They're like (laughs) laying up on the concrete exhausted. Um, Yeah, they just get flooded out of their system. Hmm. I usually still catch them. I feel sad for them because they're like wet and sad. (laughs) So are you one of those humane gopher guys then? Um, I guess so. Why, do you want me to let some go in your yard? No, not particularly. <laughs> I got one in no, my no, yard. No, no, that's, that's good. Uh, no, that's, I, I'm good with the gophers. There we are. Thanks. Yeah. Go. Mm-mm. Gotta go. So, yeah, final final show here of the 2019 live shows for us. We're going to be doing like a some rerun action, Jim. You're mixing down the... I got one. I got one already done for the week after Christmas. I oh, think. Perfect. Yeah. And then we're working the, ahead because I'm going to be out a lot next week. Oh, where, yeah. are, you, where are you going? Uh, well, I got family over in Fresno I'm going to go see, and so I'm going to be doing that. But um, just our, our work week is real abbreviated around here next week, like you guys. Yeah. And we're done by we'll Tuesday. Be, we'll be probably a pretty full and normal day on yeah. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. People start to peel yeah. off on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. And just just so that you can't get mad at me or others, I, I've mm. more or less told a lot of people at the company that they're they're mm. cool to work remotely. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of it's remote a, working. Did you see this week uh, the president passed a, I don't know, it's not a law. It's a, yeah. Is it a law? But it's just for this year. Making oh, it's only this year. I think so. Making uh, Christmas Eve a holiday, a, a federal paid, holiday, a paid federal holiday. So federal workers get the day off. But yeah, I think it was just for this year. <laughs> was, um, <laughs> the question came up though within our company because there's there's a lot of stop and wait and think periods in right. the mortgage business so that um, consumers don't feel like they're being rushed through the process. Right. And uh, the question came up this week. Usually, federal holidays are days that don't count towards those mandatory wait periods. Right. Um, And so, because just this week, Christmas Eve was made a holiday, we're like, well, what do we do? Is that that a holiday for us in the business where we can't count it as a day where you wait? Or can it be counted? I felt like... And I hope that I'm not wrong about this because it's going to impact quite a bit of the transactions here. But I felt like that was more a nod of wanting to send federal workers an extra day off with a paycheck. I agree that that's the intent of it. (laughs) But I think just the fact that it's being called a federal holiday um, kind of puts it into a gray area for our industry. I mean, obviously, no one was like, well, what's it going to do for the mortgage industry? No one was thinking that. I get it. Um, I, and I think the reality is it doesn't impact us. I think we're still treating it as a regular business day. Right. Title and escrow companies are still open on Christmas day, at least for part of the day. Um, mortgage companies for the most part, I'm sure will be open. Banks are open. Um, okay. So that's the question because I just asked them my bank this past week. I had to go in, I went in there and I said, you guys going to be open on you know, what, what, what's your schedule for the next couple of weeks? And they said they'd be open Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yeah. So that's what I've found is that really it was just a holiday for federal workers. Right. Um, so it's not affecting the mortgage industry wait periods that, you know, we have to subscribe to for all these transactions. You know, there's, there's three day wait periods for every transaction and some transactions have two a three double day wait per- <laughs> two a double three day wait period yeah in case that extra waiting would help you have that moment of clarity right Whew, good thing for 
wait day number five. I finally figured I it out. I feel like that's one of those things, like, when the lawmakers were setting that up, were um, hard. You know, if you zoom out a little bit, you got to look at this, like, in the bigger picture. Hard to figure this out nationally, too, because if you've only ever transacted real estate in California, it's a different process here. We give you your loan documents in, you know, by way of escrow or a notary, you sign um, the note, the deed, everything that you would be signing at closing, the things that people that are listening to this are like, well, yeah, that's how it goes here. Um, If you're, you know, so then we take that package, we review that package. If it's a a refinance, there's a mandatory three-day wait. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's a refinance of your primary residence, right? Kind of like a cooling off period where, hey, we don't know what the whole prior transaction was like for you, whether it was truthful, if it was surprising, if you got caught up in something and you wish now that you had the wherewithal to just quit. Um, you just saw the final docs and you just signed them all. So now we'll give you these three days, excluding any federal holidays and Sundays. <laughs> we'll give you these three days to to let these run off and and make sure that now that you know the whole story and you've sort of reconciled this all in your heart and mind and budget, are you are do you want to consummate this transaction? Well, in other parts of the country, and remember, these are federal laws, right? So they attempt to cover us all. Other part of the country, what they do is you make a loan application and go through the process, and then they send your attorney the wire for the money, and you've purchased the house or refinanced the house really at that point. And then they have you meet there to sign all of the documents that are you know, the terms by which that money that's sitting over there is all there. And that's your transaction. It happens at closing in that way. So I could appreciate how making a three-day wait could probably improve that process a little bit more where you're going to get that final closing disclosure and then you're going to wait for three days and then you're going to sign. But the next wait for those people and for us is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um but so anyways, I feel like the lawmakers, A, it's probably difficult to make a policy to wrap the whole country that makes sense in every market. But B, the lawmakers probably also don't understand what they're doing. It's like, well, you just sort of doubled up on the same information. Yeah, You made us give it to them, made them wait three days with it. Then they signed, and then you made them wait three days with it. Um, so there should be – I think they, they need to revisit that a little bit and tweak it. Um it, it creates some hardships where somebody really needs to close, like maybe a transaction that, you know, come off the rails and it's not meeting the timelines. Usually this happens for us around like repairs. Mm-hmm. They get in transaction. It's a short 30-day escrow. They do some inspections. They find out there's, um, you know, the home inspector says, hey, you should get this foundation looked at. So they find and hire a foundation, you know, an engineer to come and look at the foundation. They make an inspection. They make a report. They make a recommendation to the buyer. The buyer looks at that, gets counsel, does what they're going to do, works with their agent to present how they're going to tackle this with the seller. The seller receives this information now and is trying to figure out on their end how they should best proceed. So you just run off these like five or ten days in the middle where they don't want to do anything on the loan. They're like, hang on. The foundation of this house might be bad and these people might not help us. So just stop what you're doing. 
So anyways, we get down to the end and we're like, now we're running and gunning. They sorted that all out. We lost 10 days, but we still need to close on day 30. And that's one of those situations where it would be like, man, that you should be able to waive that three days. If you really understand what you're doing and you really, you know, and your back's against the wall and performing is like the big deal, I think borrowers should be able to to waive it. Well, and the the trid rule, which the, that's what this falls under, is the it's the revised. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into the technical stuff, but anyway, it's the disclosure process in the mortgage industry. It does allow for people to waive that three day wait period right. when there's significant financial hardship that would be presented, but nobody allows it because nobody allows it's like it, what's really acceptable and what's not. No, no one's clear on it, so subjective. no one allows it. <laughs> yeah. There's also a rule about the, um, you know, like the three-day right of rescission that that applies to the owner-occupied refinance. There's also a way that under extenuating circumstances, you can waive your three-day right to rescission. But here I am after all these years in the business. Never seen it. Never seen it happen. <laughs> Not once. I've, I've heard the question asked a couple times. Every now and again, a, a wily salesperson will figure out that that's possible. And yeah, you know, oh, my client's got a flight to Boston at 7 a.m. <laughs> on Tuesday. And if we could just fund this thing on Monday. And so you go, I don't think that's quite what they had in mind. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking it's more like uh, the doctors won't throw the switch on on the life support machine <laughs> without this final $50,000 payment that's coming from this cash out refi you got going yeah. on. So anyway, a whole lot of discomfort and not understanding the subjective nature of what might be an exception. But what I think should be would be cool is like CFPB should just have a website of like educational courses. And if you go take the course, right, for free or for a nominal fee, but if you take the course, prove your identity, take the course and satisfy the requirement, there could be a course on waiving your three days or a course on, you know, whatever they need to do to make sure that, well, the spirit of this is make sure consumers know what's going on and that they're not getting hoodwinked by a lender if they could get comfortable in that, well, look, you, you logged in of your IP address, you did the course, you passed the exam, we gave you the certificate, you presented it to the lender, they allowed you to waive your three-day wait, and now here you are with a grievance, so we don't have a whole lot of sympathy for you. I feel like that's a reasonable thing. Uh, th- those loopholes don't exist yet, though. <laughs> um, all right, well, it's commercial break time here. We'll go ahead and... Fire off the first commercial break here of the episode, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts. 
experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping And I brought me some corn for popping The lights are turned way down low Let it snow, let it snow When we finally kiss goodnight all right, welcome back, you guys. <laughs> oh, it's Christmas season. Yeah. Um, Dan, are you on Twitter, Dan? I think I have a Twitter handle, but I am not oh, an active Twitter user. It's probably just first initial last name. Something, something, something pretty boring. boring you and don't basic. have a, you're not like Maverick. No. Mortgage Maverick, Dan. Like yeah, no, no. Um, I, I, I believe that I have a Twitter account, but I don't do it. Um, I got the app recently and tried to like go into Twitter to, you know, because there's lots of I see intelligent people and and hear about content or you know Twitter that where I'm like maybe maybe I'm missing something. It's like a primary news source these days. I logged into it and I was overwhelmed immediately. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot going on in it, and it was already firing. Like these are things we think you should be doing on Twitter, and I was I almost left it. As, it took me longer to set it up and log into it than than I spent in it before. I was like, nah, I think I'm too old for this. <laughs> but um, the reason I brought it up is that I see the president's tweets. 
not because of Twitter. I'm not in Twitter, but I see them like rebroadcasts, you know, you know in the news, news or something. other things. Sure. I saw one yesterday said that um, the market's closed at a record high. Again, it was like Trump saying, you know. A little pat on the back. Yeah. The market's closed at a record high again for the 135th time um, since I took office. And so I was like, yeah, dang, they did. And um, you know what's funny? Uh, I, I brought this up for the last couple of weeks. I have this like angst over the market right now. Um, just worried that it feels bizarrely high to me. And so, um, you know, and it's the year end thing, right? So all the financial shows, I see them talking about their balance and, you know, between, you know, different investments, what you should be in, if it's a 60, 40 split or an 80, 20 split, keep hearing these articles about people moving money to like cash positions, at least 25%, you know, things like this. So anyways, I've just been interested in that and looking more at that lately. And then I happened across this article uh, just, I think it was yesterday, maybe Thursday, um, that was talking about how, by the way, the Dow, in case you missed it, um, the Dow finished out yesterday at 28,455, a new high water mark forever. Wow. Um, pretty wild, right? The NASDAQ, 89,2496. So right up there. SP 500 was at 3,221,22. Um, so, yeah, we're like, these are, these are high, high, uh, ranges here. I mean, we're setting the high watermark all over the place. And um, so I found this article that I thought, you know, obviously it caught my eye and I I clicked on it. Um, It was an Apple News article that, you know, was essentially regurgitating some other news. But um, the headline is, here's how the Dow and the S&P 500 perform in years after they ring up gains of 20%. So this is a timely article, right? I mean, they, both both indices gained over 20% this year. And so what just happens historically is I see all this clamoring, you know, and just trying to see what we should expect in 2020 for the markets. And um, I would encourage you, if it interests you, go make the read. It's not a bad one. Cliff Notes version here. Spoiler alert if, you're, if you don't want to know. Um, going back to 1950 – um, it basically means that the following year after a year of a 20% gain means about an 11% gain on average. Hmm. So I'm like, wow, we could see the, if that's true, if history uh, it repeats 30, itself. 30,000. Yeah. Have we had a 20% year over year gain in the last 10 or 12 years? Um, Besides this year? Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, probably what, 2009 or 10? Right, but I think one. Um, this one doesn't tell us when exactly. I mean, it doesn't break out. Um, like when those All of the instances years, were just more about that, you know, the trend. percentages of when, <clears throat> when it happens, how it correlates. So um, there's not, I mean, the, there's not some huge fall off historically after a big... Improvement, it's, right? It's, it's not just like, a 
It's not, like the needle, it's not like the needle pops the top <laughs> and, and then, then immediately bounces. retracts. Yeah. It's like it pops the top, and then the next year, I mean, over 10% gains on it's average. Still solid, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, I would suggest that um, there's probably are some years, you know, like if you went back like 2005 or six or something, there probably are some years where you had – uh, you know, and I, I doubt those were even twenty percent gains. It'd be yeah, interesting sure. to do that research, but um, obviously, in a in a market correction or something radical that happens like that, you're not going to you know where you're not even positive the following year. You're po- positive one year and radically negative the next year. Um, but so anyhow, that that piece of data there means that hey, look out, twenty twenty might just hold. Um, a ten percent increase in on average of your investments doesn't doesn't sound terrible. No, I'll take some of that. So anyhow, I've done nothing to reallocate any of the investment <laughs> money that I keep thinking about. Um, it's it, it's a it's a whole. It's a whole weird thing, you know. It feels to me a little bit like setting your fantasy football lineup too. Yeah, you, know, you got to sure. make some guesses. You use the most of the information that you have available to you. You're going to do your best to try to size up the comparisons. At the end of the day, they playing at home or is it a road game? What's the weather like? Yeah, is it outdoor or indoor? <laughs> right. You know, well, what happens in the previous matchups? Anybody hurt on the defense? There's a lot of things to consider here, there and is. It, you know, and the investment thing's kind of still the same thing. So at the end of the day, you know, I go, ah, it's been doing fine. It's been managed. The the allocations are currently picked by a financial advisor that's smarter than I am at these things, and I probably and you want to know the biggest thing is if I reallocate things to what I think is smart, maybe some in cash, move the mix a little bit. Um, how do you reckon? This is what has me worried about. It. It's like, well, how do you recognize the time then to get off that plan and switch it the other way or do what you're going to do? And it's like, you know what? I don't know. I'm just going to stay with what the guy said was smart. (laughs) And it's not even just him. What's great is when you go, I mean, the financial planner has so many funds to invest in. And then those funds are managed by, you know, really smart investor people. They've got teams of researchers up there. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyway, I, it's it's interesting just to kind of to think about and read about. But the the funny thing is, at the end of the day, is like, man, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I just feel like I should do something. These markets are at all time highs, so you know what I left it at, Dan. It's like I I was like, you know what? When the Dow goes over thirty thousand, I'm going to just put a pin in that mentally. That's when I'm going to revisit this. <laughs> I mean, just think if you had worried about the Dow hitting an all time high and that it was going to had nowhere to go but down twenty, you would have missed. You would have missed the hundred and thirty four other all time highs that happened after it. Right. <laughs> And maybe the 135 that are coming. Right, right. You don't know. Every day could be a new all-time high well, when you're at a new all-time high. I can kind of laugh about it and not worry about it too terribly much because, you know, I'm just here in my 40s with no real uh, retirement plan or deadline or horizon right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not big. But at the same time, I feel like if I was older – 
And in a position where, like, if you had investments where you were like, I mean, if we lost money, it would be devastating. And this is a pretty good high watermark. So maybe, so I think if you're older, maybe these, the, you know, and obviously the asset allocation, all that kind of stuff is different when you're on a shorter um, investment period or or approaching the withdrawal period or in the withdrawal period. But um, that's the other thing for me is like, does it, it honestly, it really doesn't matter. And if you talk to those financial advisors, they're like, well, at your age, you should be rooting for a significant crash. So then you're going to you know, be buy, able buy, to buy, buy, buy all buy. these shares <laughs> at such a lower amount. And then when they go back up, boy, that's where you'll really get it. And I'm like, that's ah, hard to like root for significant crashes in the in the stock market for my own personal gain uh and yeah, like, yeah you know how many people the last time a crash happened the value of my 401k fell in half and then i licked my wounds for the next couple of years during that opportunity right. period of time right well, and then but, when that opportunity passed was when i was finally able to start putting money into my 401k again yeah that's the normal <laughs> that worked out really well i think that. that's the american dream that's part of it it's like with the white picket fence part that they just don't tell you before um but yeah, you know what the problem is though, and, and when you start reading the articles about like, well, should I move some or all to cash? You see this like, well, let me tell you a story about this guy named Dan who his four hundred one k fell in half. He, he panicked and was like, well, I'm not losing the whole thing, and moved it into cash. And then when the whole market came back, Dan, when well, you're not you're not licking wounds anymore, you got real issues. Like your money didn't bounce back because you made it impossible for it to bounce back. Right. Yeah, I guess so that's it, good reason to not I guess it did bounce back a little. A little the whole way. Yeah. Anything you didn't sell bounced back the whole way. Okay. This still didn't a, feel good. Just like real estate, right? This is kind of appropriate for this show, actually. I've got the next bed queued up here for after the break. <laughs> but the ad that popped up with it. Oh, okay. it's listening. It's listening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Trump ends another Obama-era program. If you owe less than $726,525 oh, on yeah. your and haven't missed a mortgage payment in six months, use Congress's mortgage stimulus program for the middle class. You'll be shocked when you can see how much you save. What do you think? I, mean, I see. Uh, I think that's advertising a conventional high balance loan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's just a yeah. that's a regular old Fannie Mae loan that they're advertising there. Yeah, <laughs> they're giving you a whole bunch of different age groups. A lot. I with see it. those. A lot I, of great political yeah. rhetoric and slam to try to all the time. drive up the emotion. They tie it all in there. <laughs> get you to click. Uh, what's this? Yeah. Trump's ending something Obama did. What? I'm, I'm, I'm getting that. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. 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 yeah no, it's a Fannie Mae loan. That's a yeah. Fannie Mae loan. That's a Fannie Mae loan. <laughs> let me, you, let you, me you translate. You can tell when they start citing loan limits what they're trying to talk about there. Yeah. This uh, is so. crazy. I thought it's appropriate for this show. It's an appropriate question. I what see those think? ads but, all the time. Yeah. And, and um, that style of ad has been around for a few years here. It, it was like. It kind of started when um, the HARP, the Home Affordable Refinance, and HAMP, the Home Affordable Modification Programs, which were under the Obama administration, was where the they really got legs. I understand that those things got put into play really about the tail end of Bush's term. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is that's where this advertisement started. It would be like a picture of Obama, and it yeah. would say something like, you know, 
Make sure you take advantage of President Obama's Home Affordable Refinance Program. And, you know, and is there truth to that? Was that a good way to advertise? Probably. I mean, that was a kind of a temporary patch program attempting to solve a real problem. And you mean you got to get the word out, right? People had to advertise about it so that others knew, hey, you got to get this loan. If you need this help, if you're underwater, you you know, whatever, you got to get this loan. And then, though, when that sort of ran its course and nobody's doing those loans anymore, like anywhere. Yeah, HARP expired, I think, at they extended year. it one more time, I think, through the end of this year. But yeah, I saw stats recently that, like, since the extension, it's become more irrelevant than it was before they extended it. And so bottom line is nobody's doing those anymore. But the marketing department's got this this taste of, well, let's involve the president here in our marketing and see if we can get somebody to believe they're getting something at like I, I feel like those things have a like a subsidy or like an entitlement type of flair to them about well the government's got this program and if you're less than this amount you may qualify um you know which is gonna ring out right because there's other things that you qualify for in terms of government offering if you're less than some threshold it's also like making I think the consumer feel. Yeah, like you're saying, entitled to it. It's like, well, my well, president, get, and so they have they have these ads queued up with both. Well, <laughs> oh, of course, president. yeah, of course. I can, <laughs> I can almost feel like. Which a, articles do you click? We'll put uh, your preferred president right. on. We're this looking ad. at we're looking at your Google history real quick. Like, ah. Uh, this guy likes yeah. this guy likes guns and you know and whatever else. So feed him the Trump one, and then this guy over here keeps reading climate change articles. So he wants he wants the Obama stimulus offer. Yeah, I can know? almost feel like if if, if Trump does not re- win re-election, that. Great news. We've got these Obama era programs back now. Yes. The, <laughs> you know. the Elizabeth Warren. The Elizabeth yeah. President Elizabeth yeah. Warren as a the first female president is offering this great refinance opportunity for you. The reality is the high balance conventional loan program was intended to just be a temporary loan limit increase to get us through that difficult part of the housing market. While I haven't heard anyone formally lift the temporary tag i it kind of feels like this is here to stay um because it's really only impacting coastal markets which are the high cost areas that really needed some higher yeah it's the patch ultimately was that the loan programs and the lenders who offered them for jumbos ultimately disappeared and so there was people that owed more money than than a conventional loan would get them and they had a you know a need to refi <laughs> you're in a 5 year interest only loan or you know you have a second that's a 30 due and 15 or whatever these weird loan terms and so this program came as a patch to solve that i have heard and i know um i felt like it was sort of the alarmist approach but those non-QM lenders that are pushing bank statement loans and the non-QM, the non-qualified mortgage loans that are not Fannie and Freddie-based loans, they're saying that 
that this patch here was really only supposed to go through 2020 and that at the end of next year, we could all be left with only the ability to do a true conforming loan, which would absolutely rock and destroy a lot of markets into basically leaving jumbo to be the only option, the only option which is private label. And, and, you know, it's not run managed and, um, offered the same way through every bank. Uh, so I I hear them kind of wanting to plant that seed. So, you know, they tell us, well, you better get good at it because it's all you're going to have after next year. And I'm like, I ain't buying it. If, if it turned out that next year the highest qualified mortgage loan that you could get in Slow County was for 510 and anybody beyond that was going to be in a market now where they had to go into private label lending, that would be absolutely um, shocking to the economy. And I just can't believe that that's even possible. But we'll see. They Mm -hmm. say it's on the table. I don't know. It does make me think, though, if you have a loan that you need to refi or you're going to buy a house or whatever, um, probably a good idea to take advantage of these while they're definitely here, even though I think the odds of them going away are slim. Feels that way. Yeah. I can play the alarmist a little (laughs) bit for a minute. (laughs) Get them while they're hot. Mortgages, get them while they're hot. Uh, (laughs) All right. We got the final commercial break here of the first hour, and we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. That's 805-772-6786. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster. Mr. Grinch. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Your heart's an empty hole. Did you, uh, did you make it up to Vine Street this year to go walk through? No, I didn't. See the Grinch? I did not make it up there this year. I did go to the Cambria um, Christmas market. Did you? I went there this last week. I went oh there on Wednesday. How wow. was it? Amazing. It's nice. It surprisingly rained on us a little bit. I wasn't oh. expecting that, but they've... Like every year, added a little bit more. Um, it's always cool up there. I, yeah, I like that. We've done it several years in a row. I think yeah, I've, I went Tuesday, so we just missed each other. I've done it yeah. once or twice. We haven't done it yet this year. Mm-hmm. Each time that we were like trying to do it was on a weekend, and yeah. I'm just like, no. it's, it's busy be, enough on it's, a weekday. It's like packed and and sold out, right? You got to plan in advance, but also it's like twenty five bucks. Yeah, you see, the trick is you need to buy them online ahead of time. If you buy them early, they start as low. I think they start them at fifteen dollars or ten dollars. Yeah. And then they bump them by five bucks as it gets closer. Yeah, I was even I bought them in Cambria on the way to the show online. Yeah. So I paid like thirty dollars for those two for two for two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Buying them in but advance you went during the, the week. They change it like from weekend to weekday. Uh, yeah, I know. Sure. so it's like a price calendar based on demand. And probably getting closer to Christmas. And I gotta buy stinking five tickets. So yeah. I, you know, that makes a difference to me. I'm a twenty five bucks a rip times five. It's like we're gonna walk through the Christmas lights for one hundred twenty five bucks. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know, man. It's it's. But uh, I also want to go. It's so amazing. Yeah, they do it's a great. Really job. I also want to go to the light field thing that's going on in uh, Pasadena. Sensorio. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen it. Yet. I've seen pictures of it. It looks amazing. Heard some people say it's amazing. Uh, my wife, my we have a little bit of family coming in town after Christmas, so we were like looking for something to do, and I was like, oh, maybe we should go to that. What's it called, Sensorio? Sensorio. Uh, yeah, I think believe so. Yeah. So we looked it up, and it was like it's like sold out through the first. I'm like, oh. wow, well that's not helpful. <clears throat> So we aren't doing that. <laughs> well, maybe the Christmas. I also camera. so technology's getting kind of cool, right? I mean, that's yeah. what's allowing these light things to get pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all have you guys seen the new stuff about they're using drones that are like flying in computer simulation with lights to create what you want to happen? But they can, it's it's perfect because it's a computer. Yeah, so you can send up like. 
you know, several hundred or thousand drones to display a thing in the light, like in the sky and lights together doing exactly what you want. I mean, they can literally put drones up and put the light sequence across them that would make it like the 4th of July, like fireworks, but like messages and pictures and flying art. It's crazy. And I understand they're doing a kind of a small scale of it down in uh, Lompoc somewhere. Um Anyway, that I feel like that part of the technology thing is getting pretty rad. Could you imagine if you went to um, like a Fourth of July firework display where it was just a million drones in the sky, like on the horizon, that were flashing the lights the way that would appear to be what the fireworks look like? But I mean, you'd be missing that the percussion, the bang, and the smoke. But um, uh, there's something on here actually on. Uh, oh wow. That's amazing. I'm telling right here. You. Solvang. Oh, neat. There you go. Wow. Jewel Fest. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that one's pretty simple, right? That looks yeah. like it's only like 50 drones or something, but they they do. It's pretty wild. Wow, crazy. Go down the YouTube rabbit hole of looking at <clears> what's <throat> cooking on that stuff. That's going to be part of the future is going out to like a, a winery <laughs> at night and watching unbelievable light shows put on by it's like It's next drones. level for neighbors to outdo neighbors on their Christmas light display. Ooh, I hadn't cool. thought about the like <laughs> Actually, it's consumer on a... application of it yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll that would go. be really expensive. I mean, aren't drones pretty? pricey or they can not nah, i mean they can be i imagine those ones yeah. are right that are part of all that sequence yeah, but amazing. um if it's you're not, able to charge forty dollars a person to come look at your field of lights though you could <laughs> apparently you can put in about 15 acres of lights yeah. mm-hmm. and uh sell out for a while actually for our, our uh just a little credit to keyt tv that's on their website mm. the drone show if anyone wants to see that that looks pretty amazing on uh, on the Tribune, I caught an article this week that was talking about some of the places in the county to go check out cool Christmas light displays. Oh yeah, so look look at that. There's a couple. They highlighted a couple places down in Arroyo Grande, little neighborhood in Slow. I know I sent um, you like an iPhone video of it last year, but down by my parents' house in Marietta, there's a place called Bainbridge Court. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like I think yeah, you showed me that video last year. The most unbelievable two blocks or so like it's like this one street you go down to the right there's a cul-de-sac turn around and go back up and then it's like the length of one more long side of a city block but it's literally like not only is it 80 ish percent of the houses on the block are decorated but they're ridiculously decorated Hmm. like and the block does something where when you turn the corner, they have you tune your radio. Oh, yeah. Because the song is being broadcast and everybody's like got these synthesizers on that are making the lights flash on their house to how it was laid out to the music. There's a house in Slow that has that, I guess. Over hmm. by the train station, I want to say on Toro or one of okay. those. That was one of the ones highlighted in that Tribune article. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah. How do they do that? And just to have the time, the time and the money um, and the interest, you know, (laughs) the interest. It's funny (laughs) on Bainbridge Court down there in Marietta. I mean, if any of you guys are traveling down there for Christmas and looking for something to do, go see it. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm sure there are other places in the state that do it, but that's just the one I can tell you for sure it's going to be there and for sure it's going to be on and for sure it's going to blow your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally unreal. Um, 
but you'll be driving to see like a house. One of the houses like just strings up like uh, lights across the eve. You're like, oh, that's so weak. Dude. Look at this guy. <laughs> and then the next one is like Christmas vacation. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah. I've heard that the Dana Adobe and Napomo too is decorated. So that might be something kind of low cost to go do. Mm. And there's like uh, they put some decorations in the trees around the adobe and stuff. So maybe that'd be kind of fun. I haven't actually been to see it. If you're in Atascadero, you could drive by my house. I ran some lights around the eve. Actually, my boys did. Uh, my wife has now a lone reindeer. Okay. With a is it Rudolph at least? Sleigh. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> believe it has a red nose. It's like a white lights. Okay. Got a sleigh behind it that looks like about the size of a whole, like probably like a three or four year old. So it's like a one horse sleigh kind of thing, I think. Mm. Nice and small. Red lights. And then uh, that look was completed with a couple of oversized light lighted balls that sort of hang over the entryway. So it's oh. very ornate. Nice. Um, Sounds good. Sounds like it's worth the price of admission there. How much do you guys think I can charge for yeah, this? Jason, how, how, how much does it see that show now? It feels like a lot of effort to me. You put up all those lights, you know, so some work, some money, kind of manage, you know, putting them on a timer, plugging them in, all that kind of thing every day. Uh, but you look at it, it's like, man, it's weak. The dude on the hill behind me, his whole house is just glowing with every color of the rainbow. And I'm like, I put up quite a bit myself. I did a good amount this year. I wanted to do a little more, and I ordered some more lights, and they're going to arrive on the 24th. Oh, wow. I guess that's a next year. There it is. (laughs) Next year edition. There you go. That's what my wife always tells me. We'll add a little bit every year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is next year the couple things don't work. Yeah. (laughs) No matter how well we put them away and store them. (laughs) It worked when it went in the box. Um, Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> um, there was uh, it's not a huge week for news this week I mean uh, <laughs> some of the the norm here um, but did you see now that the um, so last Thursday right yeah um, they had the snap election in the in the UK to figure out, you know, the members of who is going to vote on the new Brexit plan. Mm-hmm. And you see now they made a bit of a deal that's going before the House of Lords. I got to be honest, I didn't. Did <laughs> I you, didn't. Did I you know that <laughs> the it. next level of government there that goes like from the parliament drafts this bill and then it gets voted on and approved and moves to the House of Lords? I heard something about this this morning too, and we're almost at the break, but the we'll have to check on this. But um, Scotland is threatening to break away from right. the UK. Yep. If this happens, yep. Hmm. So how's that going to affect the deal? It's never going to happen. Yeah. It, it means it's never going to happen. You don't think so? Fifty years from now, we're going to be talking about Brexit. <laughs> And we're going to realize it's just an annual tradition that we have. And Teresa, like, Teresa May is going to be saying, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Well, they've been trying to sort it out, right? Mm-hmm. For 1,274 days. <laughs> 1,200. Yeah. And, I mean, this dude that just won, too, um, Boris Johnson – had to campaign on this whole thing of like, I'm going to lead us out of here. 
And if you guys vote for me, we're going to wrap this thing up. And they voted for him and got enough members in the parliament um, to make it by the decisive margin to get out of the European Union. So, and and part of, you know, I, I haven't paid super close attention to it, but one of the really interesting things about the situation is like, um, you know, it's just a massive distraction. You have a country now and now a re- part of a region, right? So this massive economic piece of the world and even geog- geographically massive focused on sort of day in and day out the fact that in 2016 this was um I mean it was voted that they were going to exit and then they had to craft the plan and now this has been the the stalemate this country um, and we should say countries um, unable to focus on like anything else. Talk about economic uncertainty. Which you know, it's it's uncertain for the world, for all the economies of the world. Imagine being a business owner in the UK, and like, what does the future look like for my business? I have no idea because you don't know if you're going to be. Part of well, this union or so part not, of, and what trade agreements are going to look like from that point forward? Now that the parliament voted this through, it goes it goes on to the couple next steps, just like you would expect, you know, similar to what would happen here. Um, it, but they have to figure out other things, right? You know what's at stake? Trade agreements. Yeah, <laughs> with every country, because now they're yeah. not part of the larger European Union. Yeah, and you got to figure out, you know, how to... Deal now with, you know, it used to be that that visas could get you from here to there and everywhere in between. There's a lot of big things that have to happen now. So anyway, the clocks are running. All right, we got to take the uh, commercial break here. We'll be out for about five minutes and then we'll be back for a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters. And we do hope that you guys stick around. This is 920 AM and FM 96.5 KVEC, San Luis Obispo. It's 10 o'clock on the Central Coast. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. Authorities say the deadliest fire in the history of Las Vegas killed six people, three pets, and has displaced more than 30 people from their apartment building. The cause of the fire is still under investigation, but Timothy Seismansky with the Las Vegas Fire Department says... A lot of the people that lived in the building told the investigators that there was no heat and they were using their stove for heating. Thirteen people were hurt. Millions of Americans are taking to the skies today on one of the busiest days of the Christmas travel season. It's expected at airports like LaGuardia in New York City, where ABC's Stephanie Ramos has more. Here at LaGuardia Airport, it is busy. We've seen so many families and pets. We've also seen a number of flight cancellations and delays across the country, and it's just the beginning of the holiday travel season. Nearly 1,600 flights have been delayed so far today. President Trump's in South Florida, where he's spending the holidays. But before leaving Washington, he criticized an evangelical magazine that's part of a political group that forms a large base of his support. 
More from ABC's Rachel Scott in Florida. President Trump locked in a battle over impeachment, but he's now taking on a Christian magazine that published an op-ed calling for him to be removed from office. Christianity Today editor-in-chief Mark Galley called the president a near-perfect example of a human being who was morally lost and confused. Well, the president fired back. He called the magazine far left, and he tweeted that no president has ever done what I have done for evangelicals or religion itself. Not clear when a Senate trial will take place after the House voted to impeach the president, but he will deliver his State of the Union address February 4th. Friday, he signed off on a $738 billion military funding bill. It includes funding for a Space Force, which was an issue for Democratic presidential hopeful Pete Buttigieg. I'm a big fan of space travel, but I'm concerned about the further militarization of space. You're listening to ABC News. The millions of Americans who owes back taxes, if you get nervous when the mail comes because you might get a letter from the IRS, then you've heard. Their enforcement agents are cracking down this year and can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, even your home or business could be at risk over unpaid taxes. It's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. The award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief will fight to get you the best deal possible, protecting your paycheck and your assets from IRS collections. But don't delay, because the IRS is tacking on interest and hefty penalties every single day. So don't wait until it's too late. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. 11. New developments in the stabbing of a college student in New York City, and police are asking for the public's help in locating a teenager in connection with the killing. ABC's Zachary Keish has more. Police have released new pictures of a 14-year-old boy wanted in connection to the killing of 18-year-old Tessa Majors. Investigators say up to three young teenagers were involved in that deadly robbery. Police say Majors fought back, even biting one of the attackers before she staggered up a steep staircase and later died. A 13-year-old boy has been arrested and charged with felony murder, and police say he implicated himself and two friends in the crime. Tessa Majors will be laid to rest today in her hometown of Charlottesville, Virginia. A pot of orca whales has stunned scientists by swimming more than 3,000 miles from their home in Iceland to the Mediterranean. More from ABC's Megan Williams in Rome. Researchers in the Italian port city of Genoa observing a group of five orca whales off the coast with a mother whale gripping her dead one-year-old in her mouth. Killer whales haven't been spotted in the area since 1985, and researchers at first thought the group might belong to a family who usually swim near Gibraltar. Only after Italian researchers posted photos of the whales online were they recognized by experts at Orca Guardians in Iceland. Megan Williams, ABC News, Rome. This is ABC News. Lowe's helps pros like you get the job done right, on time and on budget, because we stock the brands you trust to power through any job and its savings, too. Stop in today and pick up a DeWalt Tough Grip 110-piece screwdriver bit set for $28 less, now just $21.98. And get a Pazload cordless framing nailer for $100 less, now $2.99. Save time by ordering at Lowe'sForPros.com and have your order delivered. For the brands you rely on every day to do the job right, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid 1219 to 1224 U.S. only. Brian Clark, ABC News. It's the sale of the year, the one you don't want to miss. 
Hi, Dave Congleton with KVEC Radio, announcing the year-end clearance at Christian's Mattress Express. Their lowest prices of the year, with great savings on every Serta, Simmons, Sealy, and Stearns & Foster mattress. Twin mattresses starting at $98 each piece. Queen mattresses starting at $398, regularly $699. Plus, 0% financing until 2021 on all Tempur-Pedic and Heirloom mattresses. On approved credit. See store for details. Over $1 million of quality brand name mattresses in stock ready for immediate express delivery. So hurry in. Christian's Mattress Express in Arroyo Grande, San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles across from Lowe's, and now with two locations in Santa Maria. Log on to christiansmattress.com to find a location near you. Christian's Mattress Express, family owned and operated since 1992. Christian's Mattress Express. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father, the blessed angel came. And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. Sounds like Garth Brooks. It is Garth Brooks. Oh, okay. From Beyond the Season. Yeah. It's a a great album. Sweet. I love this version of the song. Well, it's holiday season. So happy holidays, everyone. Hope it uh, is fantastic for you. Some people just want some rest, man. It has been a busy year. It has. Especially especially in the mortgage biz, it's been a busy year. You like touched on it at the beginning of last hour, but the the first half of the year, as is often the case, we had no idea what you know, anything from last year had to hold for us. But the first half of the year was like normal with no reason to expect any significant shakeup. The second half of the year and almost like calendar wise, the second half of the year, because it June about brought it on to us. July kicked it off for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we what I mean, what I'm a known exaggerator. So what? We did 70% of the business in the second half of the year. Oh. 75. I wanted to say 80. I don't know. It was, it a, was lot. a lot. A lo- the second half of the year was different. I mean, yeah, this time last year, we only knew a few things, right? We knew rates were in the 5% range and going to go higher. Right. And uh, we knew it was going to just be a, a purchase-oriented market, and refis were going to be largely uh, a, a very... They were, refis were going to be a very small part of our business. Right. 
Well, um, and you have to plan on that, right? I <laughs> yeah. mean, if that's the refi business, there's always refis that are going to happen, right? Yeah. You got people need to do home improvements. We got folks that um, need to do debt consolidation. Uh, we do plenty of loans for people that are hauling out a lump sum of cash to pay for a couple years of college for their mm-hmm. kid. Uh, then we have situations where um, people are getting divorced or partners in a property that bought a property together. Now one's buying the other out. We have refinances pretty regularly where it's kind of an estate driven thing where somebody's passed away. And now the heirs have inherited a property, three kids together, and one of them wants the property and two of them want the cash or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's always refis to do for sure. But we planned on refis becoming like, you know, hopefully 30 or 40% of the overall business. And the focus, the energy goes towards doing the purchase loans, right? How do we improve our process to where we can um, get through the process on time, every time, with as little stress as possible, I think is the goal. And then if you're good at that, which I think we were already pretty good at that, but then the focus on top of that became um, how do we communicate during the transaction so well that the people that are along for the ride, um, you know, and, and usually it's the referral partners too, right? The realtors involved or whatever, that they just are so aware of what's happening that the that we just stand out amongst the competition for for those professionals just seeing how you do it, mm-hmm. right? So that's everything that we were focused on and just building, all right, this is the time now to like really make this thing really run on all cylinders to the best that we can. And then somewhere in the middle of the year, interest rates plummet. And it's all hands on deck now because we swung back to well over 50% of the business coming through is refinance business again. And it's all those transactions I just described, but then pile on these um, cyclical refis of the people that are like, refinancing to save money mm-hmm. pretty wild man what a crazy <clears throat> year and uh i mean some of them are standout i mean the best one in terms of savings i did this year as a dude almost a thousand dollars a month over nine hundred dollars a month saved to do a refi uh that was crazy transaction I had a couple of others that rang in at like the five or six hundred dollar a month level, which to me is just mind blowing that you could be saving that kind of money. Um, but on average, you know, a lot of these refis are are only saving one hundred and fifty bucks a month or or so, you know, in that price range, which is still, I mean, that's a sizable amount of money, right? Significant to a lot of people. Yeah. Yes, and for some of those people, it's like. Um, maybe it doesn't sound like a lot, but are you putting 150 bucks a month into your retirement account? A lot of people have to answer no to that, that mm-hmm. they're not. And so, um, you know, that's been, I'd say on average, you know, that's what people are saving 150 bucks a month to refi. Um, and happy to help them with some people just feel the choke hold of their finances around their neck and loosening it by 150 bucks a month to them just 
gives them a little bit of breathing room. There ain't no extra money. They ain't saving any money. It ain't a big game changer, but it's just a little bit less. And in the struggle to keep all the balls in the air, just thankful to to have that bill go down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I feel like that's a lot of people. It's just, you know, they're they're desperate to just what can happen. I want to make more money at work. I, I need to have less bills. They've already cut out non-essential things in their lives like, uh, you know, Netflix and Starbucks. And then it's time to save some money with a refi or cut mortgage insurance, those kinds of things. Um, so I, I like being a part of that. It was it was a good year. We We had a great year. In fact, if every year could be just as good as this year, um, I'd I'd have a heart of gratitude. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really great year. That second half was has been obviously aided by the lower interest rates, um, you know, dipping down below 4% again, which is currently still where we're where we're sitting. Um, we're up off those lowest of the lows and now we know that the Fed's in a holding pattern a little bit, so it seems like this is where the market's going to yeah, rest we, for a little we bit. We learned from the Fed meeting, um, the last Fed meeting here, they made the remark that um, they were more or less unanimous. There were no dissenting opinions here about the fact that 2020, they expected no rate decreases. And... Um, you know, we still got some of that language that they would be on the the watch and see approach of reacting to what the economic data tells them. But, um, man, you it could very well be that this level of rates um, could just be sort of static through the next year. That's the way the Fed predicts it today. Are you ready to make a prediction today about interest rates 12 months from now? Um. Dan, I I want to. I really do. I want to. Uh, but I'll tell you, I would be guessing. I would be full on guessing. Um, and, and let me tell you why. Okay. We got this Brexit dealio to sort out. Like, you know, Jim turned his mic on a minute ago and just wanted to remind us now that the Scots are ready to just ring necks over there because they're not happy with what's going on. Um, I worry that there's significant struggle in front of the European Union and all of those countries to try to find the new economic normal. And I worry that it's going to take some time. And guys, I mean, we talk a lot about China. We talk about these other countries, you know, in the U.S. GDP, but also, you know, consumption on our shores. And um, we look at those; it's significant, right? Um, what the what the EU produces and and how they trade and how they act it has an impact to the world economy. I, for one, am a little bit surprised that our stock markets are as high as they are with such uncertainty there. And I know we got a little bit numb to the uncertainty because it's gone on for almost 1,200 days. Sure. (laughs) Right? I mean, you can't just focus on that day in and day out. But I just worry that when the dust starts over there to settle and – um, we, you know, and maybe they do figure out how to Brexit. I know you, you kind of tongue in cheek said it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it is going to happen. And I worry that it's going to be 
painful and messy and probably be a drag on the global economy. Yeah, because uh, my thought was, like, if, if that does happen, well, maybe Scotland isn't such a big thing with us in particular, but if they break away from the U.K., then that is kind of a big deal with our economy. Yeah. Um, and so there's that, right? If there's you just that uncertainty, then we're going to have an election year. Right. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. Well, I mean, don't you, you just, we're going to have an election year. Did you just blow past the fact that there's currently a standoff between the House and Senate in a very daytime soap opera kind of way? Well, about I did blow past that. And here's why. <laughs> Here, th- th- that obviously doesn't matter to markets or the economy at all because this week, oh. for only the third time in our country's history, a president was impeached or whatever the, doc- the technical the s- term is. But whatever, there were some articles of impeachment voted on and passed. And something happened that wasn't good for the third time ever. And the markets like blew right past it. So All-time I, too, high. am blowing All-time right high. past it. And uh, talking about this is an election year in the U.S. and we have trade agreement negotiations going on. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is you this is going to be a wild year. I'll tell you what I'm willing to do. Uh-oh. I'm willing to predict that rates through October will remain largely unchanged. After that, <laughs> anyone's guess. Up to October, this is where we're going to be. We're going to be in this, you know, low fours, high threes kind of interest rate market here for the real estate industry, which means that, you know, a lot of people obviously are taking advantage of these um, these rates right now with refinancing and that. But there's a lot of people who haven't been able to because they're their earnings on their tax returns haven't looked great. I just met with a a business owner out in Morro Bay who's starting to get interested in buying a a property and they have tax return issues. So they're going to be figuring out how to do it a little differently for the 2019 return. So there's a lot of people who are still wanting to get in on this market, whether purchase or refi, but are needing to enhance their tax returns a little bit for the next tax year to qualify. Yeah. I, I too, I mean, so uncertainty, you know, is I think going to be the thing for us all to sort of figure out this next year of of where it's really going. So I see it, I see it falling in, in a couple of different ways, you know, um, if the trade agreements are reached in a way where, you know, specifically with China, but, you know, there's other trade agreements that are being negotiated, too. Well, we just had the House pass the USMCA right. this week. So if these things start to shake together favorably where um, the markets are enjoying it and wanting those kinds of things, I see rates probably inching up a little bit. Um, and... Even if the Fed isn't necessarily changing the overnight rate, I mean, we there's some performance on mortgage-backed securities and other things that we, we I think, can have an idea um, that it's possible for rates to go up. I mean, this week we see the 10-year sitting at 1.9. 
um, trying to find its way to the next level of support and maybe get over two. And again, these things aren't just set by the Fed. So I believe that there's a couple of just psychological pieces that might give the the stock markets and the overall economy one more good shot in the arm. Um, you know, I also think too is that if if so with the trade agreements, with the election and um man, it feels like we're poised for a real mudslinging just gross fight which you know each year it feels like it just gets that way a little bit more but you just have to acknowledge whatever your politics are you just have to acknowledge that um trump seeking re-election it's going to be a real bloodbath fight and but economically speaking the fed typically doesn't like to jostle markets too much in an election year which is why you know i'm going to use that as fodder for my argument that if things are cruising and doing okay and we see reasonable employment and subdued inflation and you know continued two-ish percent gdp i can see things just inching up a little bit as it sort of tries to get footing into what 2021 holds um, so I personally feel like over the course of the year that we're probably going to see rates move to the four and a quarter range. I don't believe there's enough cause to believe that there's going to be interest rates at the 5% range, um, like they were a year ago or like we thought, I mean, the prediction at the end of this year was that interest rates were going to be in the high fives. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember rolling my eyes at that a little bit, just that, um, there's a real part of me that believes that America is just addicted to low interest rates and we can't figure out how to balance this demand supply of housing issue. Um, Prices of housing is just oh so high and, um, you know, with wages where they are and incomes and all this kind of thing, it just it it starts to hit this. Um, it's almost like a a natural ceiling of it. Just there's not a lot more room. You can't be sending the values up and the rates up, but the housing shortage keeps pressing the values up. I saw this this week an article that California had flat population growth this year for the first time in what it was 11 years or something like that that um, more people left the state this year than came in and if you want to try to figure out why challenge you to do so uh, most of it's going to come back to the cost of of housing yeah Yeah. well living in general i do think is expensive here but Man, the house bill is just yep. your whether it's, it's rent or mortgage, it's high. And you got plenty of people now. I mean, the numbers are showing it are saying, nah, I I'm not gonna do that anymore. I want off of the hamster wheel here and I'm heading for the land of something where uh I can go maybe buy a house that was just a dream in California. I was never gonna get it, now I can get it elsewhere. Um or Cash in my ducats here. Like, sell your park place to put your four greenhouses on Baltic. <laughs> eh? You go go find that Baltic of Arizona or wherever you need to go and, and get those greenhouses. Um, so anyhow, I, 
I think we're just addicted to low interest rates and aren't going to be able to figure our way off of them is why they're not going to go to where they they want to go. Um, we're just going to see them in the low to mid fours. That's what I think 2020 holds for us. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll go to three and a quarter. You know, that's why I'm saying I think increase, Dan. I want to say increase so that I can be proven wrong when they actually decrease and then we'll benefit from it. Right? That would be a nice. good plan. I, I always like So definitely risk. up. <laughs> definitely up. Definitely up. On record here, play it back next year. Rates are definitely going to be up. All right, we got to do commercial break here. It's the first one of the second hour. Take some time out to thank the sponsors that help make the show possible. And we'll be back in just a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. Hello, this is Mike Points, a co-host of Mortgage Matters and a licensed loan officer with Central Coast Lending. I'm here to invite you to check out a new podcast at smartretirementpodcast.com. This is a podcast I co-host with Matthew Hollander with Century Financial Consultants that talks about all of the things to focus on to make you a smarter retiree. Things like Social Security, how to manage your health care, and so much more. So please go to our website, smartretirementpodcast.com, and subscribe to our episodes. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it informative. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Happy birthday! Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul. With a corncup pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman is a very he was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. Oh, when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. Frosty the snowman was alive as he could be, and the children knew how he came to life one day. 
children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and me. All right. How fun. I love it, man. Gotta love the old uh, Christmas classic, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. This is a good version of this song, too, Jimmy Durante. Gotta love it. So I made my prediction. Did you make an official prediction or just say that you just you think they're going to be flat? Is that what your I think position is? Largely unchanged through October uh, for interest rates. That's my so prediction. So essentially, you're going to say that you believe the election could could move things dramatically. Is that what you're? I think depending on which way it goes, it can. There will be some type of reaction. But yeah, I think right now it's. You know, there's because of low inflation, because of economic activity that's I even hesitate to say slowing, but certainly not growing, you know, at a at a terribly fast clip or anything, just kind of doing what it's been doing. Um, I think that those are reasons where the Fed's just going to hold steady. And remember? and not and because again they don't like to rile up markets too much during an election they don't want to play a hand in you know tipping the scales towards one candidate versus another because you know the economy largely gets tied to the president whether or not you know they really are the driver of it sure um, but just the fact that they're in office when an economy is doing good or bad will be tied to them do you remember it must have been two thousand. 11 or 12-ish or so, somewhere in that era. We had that uh, Cal Poly economics professor on. Yeah, Dr. Fisher. He talked about, um, I think a little bit may have even been like during the breaks, but we talked about he had a a real conviction that there was so much money pumped into the economy that, um, runaway inflation at a rate never seen before was truly unavoidable. And in fact, I remember him talking about a position in the market that sort of shorted um, that, you know, in terms of uh, an investment position where he would, if he was right, if runaway inflation took place, that he would have been in the right spot. And, um, you know, as because as we're talking about what could happen this year, I thought, well, if if we want to run out other potentials, well, how about this one? How about the employment market stays pretty good, and housing is pretty good, and the stock market's pretty good, and we make some of these trade agreements, and those are pretty good, um, and we see GDP rise a little bit. I mean, that's not impossible, right? It's it's Not sort impossible. of cooled back from the three percent range down, trying to dip into the one right around two. So yeah, yeah we went from it, about three to two. Yeah, it's tried to dip into the one point ninety range and made it back to like the two point one range. So it feels like it's about two. Mm-hmm. But man, what if like Q one is two and a quarter, two and a half, and then Q two twenty twenty is like two and three quarters, and then Q three is like three. Um, with that, I would expect maybe, um, in that growing GDP type of cycle, maybe a little bit of inflation, see a potential there where the feds could say, Hey, we're going to come in and 
move rates up a little bit because we've got uh you know gdp working pretty good and i just yeah i mean that's certainly a possibility i guess my prognostication is that that doesn't happen um you know you're kind of describing the consumer addicted to low rates addiction to me uh, implies that if this person maybe had more self-control or something <laughs> that they could um, do without. And I don't know that that's the term I would necessarily use. I think that they need, I think the consumer needs low rates just for things to be affordable. And affordable is a very relative term because um, things I think are largely unfordable, especially when you're talking real estate. So I just I don't think the consumer can afford higher interest rates is another reason. So I don't see this scenario where the consumer has all this disposable income where they're going to drive GDP higher um, and and force the hand of the Fed to raise rates. I just I, I feel like what the activity we see today is what the consumer can afford today. Um, Two things. One. um I had a client, in fact, I had two clients, one from about a month ago and one from this week, who wrote offers on real estate, one in Templeton, one in Atascadero, sight unseen. Because it's that competitive? Uh-huh. Wow. Um, they're, in in one case, working too much to be able to get there and just knew the neighborhood. Um, this one a little bit more predictable because it was in Dove Creek. So sort of know what you're doing. And if you like it and you feel like you understand the price point, new listing comes on. If you got to work today and need to get, you, you need to go see it, but you got to work and just can't really pry yourself away. Um, I think in that neighborhood, because of all that knowledge, it makes it a little bit easier for you to, to, you know, cut first, measure second. Um, the second one, this one's a lot more forgivable. Um, is a couple out of the Bay Area that um, needed Templeton, had to have it. House came on, um, did their best with like checking it out online, doing some walkthroughs with some you know, realtor doing a video type of thing and taking some recommendation and ultimately writing really a full price offer on a home that they hadn't even set foot in. And uh, yeah, it's that price point. It's limited volume in the market. There's just not a lot of options. And um, if you've got a timeline in, in these cases, in both of these cases, they both had a timeline um, trying to get out and line up buying a house with a lease ending and these kind of things. But so anyway, I, to me, I, I think that, um, you reason I bring that up is that I think real estate's still hot, man. And one of the biggest drivers, let's all agree. I, I don't care. You think it's going to go up. I think it's going to go down. He thinks it's going to stabilize and be flat. Uh, let's just all agree that there's not a lot of homes for sale. Secondly, I was talking to Steve Del Martini this last week about um, I was in their office. We had an interesting conversation about how the inventory in San Luis had about doubled and the volume of transactions was up a little bit too. 
Um, but bottom line is there was a surge in inventory, and we were just trying to understand it. Um, it's why. largely that new construction component, right? Well, a lot of the new construction is not listed into the MLS, so um, that doesn't completely explain it. It explains a little bit of it. Um, we felt ourselves having just desperate to understand why. Why is there in San Luis proper there has recently been 50 to 60 new listings you know, at any given time on the market, and all of a sudden we found ourselves in a position where there was over 100 and the new tracks aren't part of that number, so what is it? And I think one of the places that we arrived at was just that um, more inventory sort of leads to more inventory, as people say, well, I was thinking about moving, but I need to be able to have suitable options to buy, and so now that it feels like other people are kind of coming out of the shadows, I will too. So there's a little bit of that, right? At the same time... Um, it correlated a little bit with uh, interest rates is that we saw that beginning of that season where rates seemed like they were dropping off a little bit. So then I kind of thought, well, maybe the rates are shaking people up a little bit, right? If you had a three and a half percent rate and you wanted to move, you don't get to move your rate. And when moving was going to lead you to a four and a half percent interest rate, Oh, just for sake of moving, I'm just going to pay $200 a month more only in interest. I'm going to capture some equity, but I'm also going to pay higher taxes, right? Because moving leads to a higher tax base. Maybe I just wait. So the dip in interest rates potentially causes a little bit of change in psyche. I feel like we might be giving the average consumer a little too much credit here to realize this, but maybe not. Um, but if you see, okay, well, hey, look, Interest rates are in the the mid to high threes again. So now you've sort of removed that added cost from me or at least greatly reduced it. Maybe now's the time to come out. And with some added inventory, it feels like a safer environment to make a move. Maybe that's part of it. And then lastly, um, and by the way, I suspect it's probably a combination of all these things. But lastly... Uh, with these new tracks coming on, though they're not represented in the numbers in terms of new listings, people may be making reservations on those properties, which makes them then want to list their house for sale um, in hopes of you know having a buyer as they're going to move into one of these new homes. And by the way, this is what I hope the desired effect is is from any of the new construction is that it creates a little bit more supply which then frees up a little bit of the existing inventory and allows some of that healthy movement within the local housing environment that's been missing for years. So it's probably a combination of all those things, right? Well, this week we were back talking. Um, it was only a month ago that we were. this conversation began where interest rates, inventory, these things are leading to almost double the amount of homes for sale available in San Luis. Um, and this week when we were talking, it was back to about 60. So wild. now we go, hey, hang on. We put some careful thought into understanding what this could be. And then part of me thought, well, you know, maybe it transacted um, because of the rates or because of the new listing or whatever. But bottom line is at the end of the day, now we have to look at that that time where we had extra inventory and try to decide what it was. And the reality is, is that it probably was just 
a coincidental anomaly in the market. You know, just it came to a little bit of a head. We saw it. It, it got big enough to be recognizable as a little bit of a bulge. But now we're back to sort of what the norm has been over the course of the year. So I, that's an interesting thing. That made me think um, that maybe things are changing. If we were going to see... Uh, extra inventory in San Luis and then extra inventory maybe countywide or statewide, that probably is the 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 normalization of of home values, right? So back to just good old fashioned, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um every time I try to really then this is the tough thing about really trying hard to understand and, and then be able to predict how these things work is that there's so many pieces at play that it's really difficult to be, you know, and we're all a little predisposed based on how we're wired up to put our, I believe the emphasis belongs here. It's the economy. Well, no, it's here. It's the interest rate. Well, no, it's here. It's the, you know, policy or whatever. It's here. It's the new construction. <laughs> it's here with Diablo's going out of business. You know, it's a, all these things is that people kind of, decide which piece they're focused on or whatever. And man, I really, I just have to just say, I don't know. Um, but yeah, part of it, I think is just, you know, interest rates got low again, which is gonna shake things up a little bit. You got people moving and people refine people getting a window of opportunity that they lacked a year ago. And I hope that 2020, um, holds some of that for those people too. Uh, we'll see. Really no way of knowing. But, yeah, what do you think about people buying real estate sight unseen? That's like a The fact that it's still happening, thing. yeah. I mean, t 12 years after the real estate meltdown, the fact that people are still doing that, that it's still that competitive. I was having a conversation with a realtor this week, and he was telling me, you know, we were talking about a particular property and why it seemed to be sitting and he was looking at days on market. Oh, it's like 41 days on market. Yeah. If, if this, if the market were really interested in this property, they would have reacted already. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that that's the environment we're in now that if you don't have offers and seven days and see movement within a th less than a 30 day period of time, then like you've done something wrong on all the purchase transactions that I get. I look at, uh, the appraisers always are citing this. It's required in the form. How long, when was, what was the original list date? How long was it marketed for original list price and now contract price and see those things. And man, it's like, I'll just venture to say that when it's in the seven days is at the 99% sales price to list price ratio. When you get beyond seven days, you could be marketing for 30 or 45 or 50 days and you are got not getting anywhere near that original list price to the sales price. Hmm. It's overpriced to begin with and the market is not keyed <laughs> in today at at realizing where that where that range is and what's acceptable. Um and by the way, on on this transaction that I was just telling you about, um I feel like because you said, and, and I sort of begged this to you, but we haven't seen this um, trend stop of people sort of clamoring to get houses in recent years. Just like pre-recession, we had lots of people were buying homes a sight unseen, right? It was just that competitive. They would write offers of the day it was listed and then go look at it later. Um, 
I just thought it'd be interesting to point out to you that in this situation, this real estate agent that's at the helm of this transaction was not in real estate by a long shot. Okay, so no prior experience with what it was like in 2005. And these borrowers um, at that point weren't even 20 years old. So no recollection whatsoever from them about what it looked like. So it's only us geezers that see, Mm -hmm. hey, this is how people were acting before. And, you know, was it the borrower buyer or was it the realtor what was it? Why are people caught up? And it's interesting to me to see, because now I've been at the helm for long enough that I'm seeing through the cycle how the stuff plays out is, man, human nature repeats itself even when the rats in this maze are like unrelated to and weren't even around the rats in the previous maze. And so what is that? You know, And, and ultimately, Dan, it can only then just be described as um, – the way the market works when the demand radically exceeds the supply, period. Even if it's only um, perceived demand, which I think was more the case in 2005. You know, we were building almost 2 million homes a year on average, um, sorry, a month on average, <laughs> and people clamoring to get them. And we're like, got to have them, got to have them, buy them sight unseen. I was like, yeah, that's very psychological. Today it's nowhere near that volume, but the you know so the supply is a lot less, but the demand is very high, and out of necessity you see the same behavior repeated. Kind of interesting. All right, final commercial break here of the show of the year of the decade there it is of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We'll be back for the final final. F- 10 minutes of Mortgage Matters of 2019. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772 6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is.
This is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 32835. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 Lowe. Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Like a light bulb. All of the other <laughs> You gotta love it, man. Gene Autry here, man. Call him names. Like yeah. Pinocchio. They never let poor Rudolph <laughs> join in any reindeer game. Like Monopoly. Then one foggy Christmas Eve. That was always the fun version to sing in school. Rudolph yeah, I was watching a, uh, a show the other day where... People like in a crowd were singing that song, and nobody was throwing in any the of the like extras. Like, what is They'll this? They'll go down in history like Columbus. Yeah. Oh, come on. We all know that version, right? Yeah. All right. Well, we only have a few minutes left in uh, radio time in this decade. So uh, we're going to talk about a couple things looking forward. I think one of the biggest stories in the real estate and mortgage industry for next year is this issue that's been lingering for a while of Fannie Freddie and related issues like the QM patch, which was uh, an issue that came out of the mortgage reform um, and how to define risky loans versus non-risky loans. And so there's some things that are due to happen this year if nothing is done that's going to drive a significant section of the market into higher interest rate loan products because they'll no longer qualify for conventional or government loans based on that definition of what's a what's a safe loan and what's a risky loan right um, and the industry calls them qm which is a qualified mortgage or a non-QM, a non-qualified mortgage. Yeah, we substituted the word prime for qualified mortgage or QM. So prime and QM synonymous. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of 
um, risky or ah! subprime or alt a or yeah, we, whatever is now non QM. Yeah, subprime became non QM, which sounds better, right? Yeah, we need yeah. to leave subprime in the past because it was it was a bad breakup. We had a right. really sloppy breakup with subprime, and um, you know. It's just how it went down. Yeah. So starting a new life with fresh nomenclature (laughs) here to describe these programs, and um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. And you know, I think at the end of the day, one thing I'm just going to venture to guess: I I think the patch probably probably stays in place as is, just because. um, Well, a few things. I mean, number one, when you were starting to talk right now, I started wondering. Bringing on this election year, once the once the Dems figure out how to whittle down into their their known front runners, and we see probably some of the more head to head debating, or or only even if it's only campaign rallies where people want some of the substantive. Um, well, by March we'll have had a primary election, and then we'll get down to the one on one type of stuff. So somewhere. Any day now, between now and the election, do you think that um, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac being in conservatorship is going to come up again? I think it has to because we've already been warned by industry professionals that the way these mortgage securities are structured at the higher banking level and, and the time it takes to structure these securities, then in order to be ready for the switch to change January 1, 2021, which is the date that patch is set to expire, they need to start enacting the changes about midway through the year. So about July 1 of 2020. So, and that's when we would start to see a shift in mortgage qualification uh, I wonder if nothing's if, done. I wonder if all of that just becomes sort of like this issue of how do you get Fannie and Freddie out of conservatorship and realize what to do with them? And then likewise, as part of that component, component, once you figure out how to do that, then what from there? Redefine what type of mortgages they'll accept. Yeah, and also how deep the government's hand is in this cookie jar. And so, I there, you know, and potentially there's quite a bit of shakeup there. Um Dan, like you say, uh, there's some timelines where some of this stuff has to start to become known. I feel like those things could also lead to upward interest rate pressure, too. Sure can. Um, the uncertainty of, man, we don't know how these securities are going to come together or what's going to happen here. Um, it could start to change the appetite to where, you know, big big investors like that that ultimately set these um, – the price points because of the way the mortgage-backed securities work could be looking at this saying, "We're you know what? We're going to make more money off of these going into this season, um, and we should. And I could – so I could see that causing some upward pressure on interest rates. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about this because one of the – one of the things like you could used to hang your hat on, markets don't like uncertainty, but – Man, today, as we just we discussed, we're at the 135th record high since Trump became president in some of, 
you know, in terms of trade and we've been living through nothing but uncertainty and Brexit. Yeah. I mean, we have figured out how to really snuggle with uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. Like we are spooned up. I think we are like the outer spoon to uncertainty here, just fully in love with uncertainty. <laughs> you know, <laughs> big spooning uncertainty. Yeah, just like not, it. not. Not as faced by it as it was in years past. So, yeah. Um, anyhow, it, it will be really interesting to see. During the break, Dan and I were kind of like t- talking and laughing about how um, history just repeats itself. The We see the pricing, the difference between the a paper product and now the the the, the non qm product we see the price really compressing between the two and seeing the non qm prices come down to meet this um the you know the other interesting thing too dan you remember this from last time because you were building rate sheets but um it's not uncommon for non qm stuff to sort of set their price and maybe have a rate sheet for a week. Sure. Maybe have a rate sheet for a couple weeks. Yeah. Those so, those programs are more based on investor appetite right. than the markets as much. So couldn't you find yourself in a position then where the non-QM price gets within a quarter or half a point of the QM price, which is a nice tight margin for that kind of product, and then – the normal QM price just goes up because it does change every day with the economy, further compressing a really tight margin, suddenly making the non-QM, read subprime, product on equal footing in terms yes. of price. I mean, this is Did you what- ask that as a question? Could it happen? I think, yes, it could. And yes, it has happened because that's exactly what happened with Alt-A and subprime loan right. programs. Just a short decade ago. So 2020 might just be the year of, um, hey, hey, I've seen this episode. (laughs) Hey, I know what happens here. I think we should close out this show, this year, this decade um, by just offering you, the listeners in Slow County, a very heartfelt thank you for embracing our business trusting us to handle your loan transactions. It's been a record-breaking year for our company. It's been a great decade for our company. It's been a, you know, a fun ride um and it's going to continue. Not this isn't the swan song. Yeah, this dang. is the uh this is the just hey, we're closing out a decade. We're entering the 20s. Yeah. Um, here very soon and the uh, roaring 20s and i hope they're roaring um as much as this last de- decade felt like it roared for us yeah thank you so much for you guys's um continued support of our company and uh you know we're we're so grateful that we have prioritized people and um the message has been received and uh and celebrated so thank you Uh, Wishing you guys happy holidays, happy new year, Merry Christmas, all of it. We'll be back next year for more Mortgage Matters.